All right, welcome to another Tim Talk. I want to I want to thank everybody who's listened to these talks. It's you know when I first started to do to do this idea, um, it was mostly designed to help um, set up a situation where students who have been here from the past and current students would have a way of staying connected to the teachings of the school and getting reminders because it's hard when you get out in your daily life and you're working a job and having a family and paying your bills and doing the stuff of life. You know, you get busy and you forget what you learned. And the things that we teach in this school that these talks have been about are foundational to having a good life. And we forget sometimes that building that foundation and keeping it solid and secure so that everything above it can be okay takes a lot of work. It's like tending a garden. It's like watering a garden. It's like pulling weeds and caring for plants. It takes, if you don't do the basic foundational stuff, you don't get the fruits of the labor later. You know, the gray tomatoes and the peaches, which I've been eating lately, these phenomenal peaches because we're in peach-growing country up here. There's like nothing better than a good peach. I mean, seriously, that may be one of the great joys of life. And that's partially what I want to insert into this talk um, is the simple things are often the most important in life and are really not always simple. They're big. It depends on how you look at them. So I want to consider that a little bit. Something like eating an incredible good peach can be just one of the most ecstatic moments of your life, just where you're completely connected to that peach. You're connected to that tree through the peach. You're connected to the root system, the earth, the sun, the water, all of it comes into your body through that peach. And all you got to do is eat it and enjoy it. I mean, that is one of the great gifts of life. So this talk here was going to be a little bit different than some of my other ones. It's, some of my other talks have been very informational about certain subjects. This one, I wanna, I, I'm not even sure how to do this. I want to acknowledge, first off, how difficult it is for a person who is deeply connected to the earth and to plants and animals and how, how the earth works and how the earth lives and how the earth is. A person who's deeply connected to that and, and a person who's living a code of honor, like what we've talked about in past talks, a code of honor, simple values like kindness and awareness and caring and service and keeping your word and giving back and you know living good basic human values. A person who is that person, which I'm hoping a lot of you are, we never really spend much time letting in the difficulty of these times. And I want to just, I'll take it to a couple simple things. This week, beyond the political part, which is so painful right now to see the damage that's being done to our wonderful country and the idea that our country is. And I'm not a Pollyanna person. I, our country's got a lot of problems. Every human does. The life is about growing. It's not about being perfect. It's about growing, whether it's a country or whether it's a person or anything in between. Every animal does it. But what I do want to acknowledge is how difficult it is to see the damage that's being done, not only to just common decency in the world we live in right now, but the damage that's being done to nature, to wildlife, to land, etc. And we hear this every day, whether you're a teenager in your 20s, your 30s, or an older guy like me, 63. 
and all this information comes in. Like, for example, last week, I'm listening, I'm watching the news, and I'm listening a lot to what's going on in our country, which scares the heck out of me, the current administration and so forth, and the attack on nature that they have done and are doing. And then I'm looking around, and Jean, my wife, she'll give me information. Julie will. I'll look at it on the Internet a little bit. And I, I hear in one week, I hear there's 300 whales, uh, no, 300 elephants were found dead, uh, attacked by poachers in one place in Africa. Whales were washing up on the beach, orcas, starving because there's a lack of fish for them to eat because of overfishing and the warming of the oceans. Um, huge numbers of migrating birds are dying from the fires and from overheating from the too much heat. They're just literally falling out of the sky, flying across the Middle East. Um, then I hear some good news. You know, I heard they've discovered a new coral reef last week somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, you know. And it's always a balancing act. But when you're a sensitive, caring person and you feel the problems of what's happening in the earth, you, 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 you actually feel it, um, what do you do with that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very uh, difficult thing and something that, first of all, we have to be willing to talk about it. Here's something that was written by one of my favorite authors, Aldo Leopold, one of the few people that started the Wilderness Act, which, which created our wilderness areas, probably one of the greatest acts of humankind ever. He said, one of the penalties of an ecological education is that one lives alone in a world of wounds. Much of the damage inflicted on land is quite invisible to the layman or the average person. An ecologist, or I would say earth lover, must either harden his or her shell and make believe that the consequences of science are none of his or her business, or he must be, a, be the doctor who sees the marks of death in a community that believes itself well and does not want to be told otherwise. A community that believes itself well but doesn't want to acknowledge he said this, and I read this when I was a kid growing up, because I remember I'd be, well, I lived in Sunnyvale. I grew up in Sunnyvale, which is now the Silicon Valley, and it was beautiful. It was orchards and just creeks and rivers, and I remember watching our trees die, my, our, our rivers get cemented up, and our orchards cut down slowly but surely. In fact, I would say not slowly, very quickly. In my short half of my life, this all happened. So it's tough. You know, what do you do? Do you get, do you, you're holding on to all this sadness, this pain, this misery, this, what do you do? You get mad, you get, you get depressed, you, you do bad things to your body, you get, you know, you in a, act inappropriately, or, you, or, or what most people do is they feel so overwhelmed, they do nothing. They do nothing at all. They just carry the weight of it without moving it around or using it like medicine. Um, in any way, shape, or form. And, and one of the saddest things about it is I noticed recently I learned that um, I was listening to President Obama who was getting back in the fray of helping uh, change things around, which excited me because he did so much for the earth, so much for the earth. Um, he said that only one in five people voted from under the age of 35. One in five. And I'm like, how could that be? It's one of the great gifts there is in the world. When you turn 18, you can vote. I've never missed an election. And I've always voted for the earth. The candidate 
who is going to care for the earth. That's been one of my major criterias, and I've never wavered from that. And I think of the, the four that didn't vote, the, uh, the one in five, the four, the four percent, the, that, that huge percentage that didn't vote in that age bracket. This is your future if I'm talking to you. You are the caretakers of our planet. You have to vote. You have to get involved. You have to make the world better. You can't say the system's screwed. I'm not going to go there. Hey, if someone would have said that and the right president hadn't been elected, we wouldn't have the wilderness area. We wouldn't have the national park system that Theodore Roosevelt gave us. Yosemite would be condos. You can't say that. We have to save our planet by caring for it, by voting for people who will pass laws that will save land and protect it for wildlife and plants and for us and for our children and for the earth itself because it's the right thing to do, period. You have to do it. That means you have to study. You have to learn who to vote for and how to vote. The other thing is move yourself, motivate yourself. Get out there and be a part of the solution, not the problem. It makes a huge difference. I want to read you something from my, one of my favorite presidents, um, Theodore Roosevelt. Hold on for one second. Theodore Roosevelt was president at the end of the 1800s through the through the right around 1900. And he created the national park system, the national wildlife system, um, preserves, and I'm not sure, but I think maybe even the national forest. But that that might have come a little bit later. When you think about that, you talk about a person who left a legacy. And I'm not saying he's a perfect guy. I've studied him, and there's a lot of questionable things he did, as there would be with any president. But he created the national park system. That is one of the great achievements of human history. It's it, To think that human beings can be wise enough to do something like save land for the sake of the land and keep it wild and protect it, that is an extraordinary thing. That's something to be happy about. That's something to be positive about. We, we all have our shadow sides. Human culture has its shadow side. But at the end of the day, I'm a believer that good will win out. But you've got to get involved. So this is what he wrote, and this is very clearly about getting involved. It is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how, strong, how the strong stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the one who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, who knows great enthusiasm and great devotion, who spends him or herself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he or she fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his or her place shall never be with those timid souls who know neither victory or defeat. He says, get into the arena and be a part of the solution. Vote. Be of service to the land. Do Donate money. Donate your time. There's so many things you can do. Now, I know I've talked about this in other Tim Talks, but the kind of the basis of this talk is I want to go back to acknowledging 
the weight that we carry within ourselves and how difficult that can be. We have to talk about it among our friends. We have to write about it. And sometimes you just have to learn to carry the weight. It's just part of growing up and being a human being. You know, if you study human history, it's always been a challenge to live. I mean, I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. I'm living here on thousands, hundreds of acres of land in Mount Shasta, a beautiful home I built, dogs, wonderful people that love me. Life's good. I still carry the weight of all the problems, but I have no problems compared to many people around the world who don't even know if they're going to survive one day to the next. So it's all different, but we're all in it together. We live on this earth, this round ball floating in space, and if eventually we're all affected by our actions or our non-action. We must take action. We must. That's on our code of honor, usually. Take action. Give your best. Give your best. Take action. Are you doing that? And if not, right now after this talk, make a list and find a way to help the world to be a better place to live. Um, I, I want to read this from one of my calendars. Beautiful picture of Mount Shasta. It says, what do you want to leave behind to make our world a better place? That's from me. What do you want to leave behind to make our world a better place? Think about that. Make your life count for something. And, I mean, you can do the smallest, simplest things, like tend a patch of wildland in your backyard to <coughs> helping to create national parks, to writing letters. You know this, the drill. Part of the journey is go out and figure out how to make it work. But what do you want to do to make the world a better place? And if you're not a part of the solution, <coughs> I'm going to have to be honest. If you're not a part of the solution, then you're a part of the problem. I want to say ho to that. Thanks for listening. And let's just simply acknowledge that it's tough. And yet we have to keep on going and do the right thing. And in the end, trust that it will work out. I can only come from that place. Hope.